Do we ever stand in front of a microwave going, come on, come on? <laughs> With impatience, do we open the door before the food's even warmed up? Do we open the door before the beeping stops telling us that the food has been warmed up? If we are one of those people, well, Advent is our therapy. Welcome friends to the season of waiting, Advent. And I'm starting today a multi-week preaching series entitled Advent Waiting. And I'm also using for the first time the camera and lens that I was able to purchase as a result of your generosity towards this ministry. So thank you very much. We continue to pray that as many people as possible will have an experience of the Lord, will encounter Him, His grace, His mercy, His power, His peace, and welcome Him into their lives as we desire to do so that we can all become active participants on the front line of the new evangelization. The scripture readings that we have for today, this first Sunday of Advent in year B, speak to us about waiting which in many ways is a dying art in our culture uh, today. The prophet Isaiah said that the Lord works for those who wait for him. And in his first letter to the Corinthians that we have as the second reading from Mass, St. Paul says that we wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in the Gospel from Mark that we'll have for most Sundays in this year B, Jesus says to us that we are to be kept alert, we are to be kept awake, we are to beware, for you do not know the day or the hour. We do not know when the day will come. Advent waiting is an active waiting, it's not a passive waiting where we just kind of sit in our phones and kind of scroll through social media, giving in to kind of despondency, hopelessness, uh, spiritual sloth, which is acedia, a real plague in our culture today. But instead, it is an active waiting, waiting for an opportunity, waiting for an encounter, that the waiting we do in the spiritual life is always pregnant with optimism, pregnant with hope and possibility because we are waiting for the Lord. Since Christmas this year is on a Monday, we actually have the shortest possible Advent. Three full weeks, then the fourth Sunday of Advent, and then Christmas on Monday. So it's kind of weird, you're going to have the fourth Sunday of Advent on the morning of December 24th, and then the evening we tip into uh, Christmas Eve. Yet many in our culture today can't wait until Christmas, seemingly jumping from the day after Halloween to Christmas Eve, reducing Advent to a passing thought or, unfortunately, a state of irrelevance. But in Advent, we want to identify with the countless thousands of men and women in the Old Testament, all who waited, 
long years, centuries, for the promised Messiah. We have the cry of Isaiah in the first reading, a cry from his heart, O oh Lord, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. This cry from the heart of Isaiah, how much longer, Lord? Lord, reveal yourself. Lord, enter in. Lord Jesus, take possession of my life. May that be our cry too as we journey through this season of Advent one day at a time. And so we unite ourselves with the Old Testament years of waiting, Mary's nine months of pregnancy, and our own waiting for what St. Paul referred to in Galatians chapter 4 as the fullness of time. And it seems as though our scriptures personify time. Again, in the Gospel, Jesus says, you do not know when the time will come. And at Christmas, we will hear proclaimed in the Gospel, the time came for her to give birth to her child. And so again, time is active waiting presence, waiting on the Lord. Time is ever pregnant with, with hope, with expectation. Waiting is not a waste of time. Advent is not also about just filling ourselves up, filling our time on a mad rush to Christmas, but taking the time, there's a personification again, taking the time to remember how the Lord has ministered to us, how he is ministering to us today, and how he wants to continue to minister to us in our life. What does it say in the letter to the Hebrews? Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus is behind us. Jesus is beside us. Jesus is in front of us. And this is the teaching of St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who spoke about how in the season of Advent, as we are waiting, we want to ponder the three comings of Christ in time. In the past, he came, yes, as a child born in the manger in Bethlehem. Presently, he wants to come into our life right now. And in the future, his coming will be in glory, and we live in expectation of our encounter with him at that time. You did, Isaiah said in our first reading, you did awesome deeds that we did not expect. I want to be expectant of what the Lord desires to do with me and for me in this season of Advent, and that will involve waiting upon him. Hence, again, Jesus' encouragement or his challenge to us in today's gospel. Beware. Keep alert. Keep awake. He's not talking about some kind of spiritual insomnia based on fear. Instead, it is, again, one of joyful anticipation and expectation. And so, as I'm waiting now for the Lord, waiting for the arrival of the great feast of Christmas, patiently attentive to how he is working, I ask myself, 
Well, how? How is the Lord Jesus revealing himself to me today in this present time as I am actively waiting for him in the season of Advent? Advent keeps us alert. It keeps us attentive to what the Lord Jesus is doing in our lives personally through the sacraments, through scripture, through words of inspiration, encouragement, challenge, love that we receive in prayer and in meditation. Also, how the Lord Jesus is ministering to us through the words and actions of a visitor or a friend that we have in life. How is the Lord Jesus ministering to me when I spend time with him in silence and also in solitude? which is not, again, an absence, it is a presence. Silence is not the absence of noise, but instead the vocabulary of God. I am with the Lord in silence and in solitude. And also in our conscience. How is the Lord pricking our conscience, waking us up, pulling back the curtain, lifting the fog, as it were, allowing us to see clearly that certain behaviors in our life, certain defects of character, are to be given over to him. Jesus wants to minister to us. He wants to set us free, but first he asks us to be entirely ready and to humbly ask him to do so. In the gospel we have today, again from Mark, as we begin this year B, the protagonist, the, the man, the, the master, he, he goes on a journey and he puts his servants in charge. The gospel says they have each been given a particular task, which means that he trusts them. Trust has to do with the future because we don't know how it's going to work out. Waiting has to do with the future because we don't know what's going to happen because we're not in charge. We are powerless. I'm waiting attentively to how the Lord will speak, how he will move, how he will minister to me in my life. I don't want to be distracted by all kinds of things which may or may not be good, but they are just other things that just get in the way of the Lord Jesus. To sit patiently and wait for the Lord. Jesus said in the gospel, you do not know when the master of the house will come. And so again, Advent waiting is actively anticipating this day, this hour, this moment, which again, Jesus in the gospel says could be in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn. And so what are some practical ways that we can actively wait in this season of waiting. How can we participate in Advent waiting? Well, let me suggest for us three different categories of commitments that we can make to wait upon the Lord. Easy, intermediate, and difficult. Now, as a runner, I know that there are many parallels between exercise and the spiritual life. One of them is to be cautious against the three dangerous twos. Too far, too fast, 
too soon. If we're just neophytes in the spiritual life, we start with some easy exercises and then we build ourselves up to something more intense. But just, just be careful, just be patient with yourself as I'm trying to be patient with myself, allowing the Lord just to love us to a greater intensity of, of spiritual participation. So, what are some easy things that we can do? Well, get yourself an Advent calendar. It's a one day at a time, little kind of fun exercise of opening the door each day. Some of them have little scripture passages. Some have little treats inside, you know, a little consolation, you know, as we're journeying, waiting patiently upon the Lord. Hopefully you don't open them all at once and open and eat all the chocolates at once, just one little treat a day. The use of a progressive crib. You'll notice that I have one uh, right here, an empty crib that my intention is to add a figurine or two uh, each week as we journey closer to the, the celebration of, of Christmas. And another one, although you might not think it's easy, but I'll just put it in the easy category anyway, uh, and this comes from the example of a family I know here in Ottawa. They eat their supper meal during Advent just to the light of the Advent candle. So, first week of Advent, one candle, second week, two, third week, three, etc., before we arrive at the great celebration of, of Christmas. And you notice over here, I also have uh, an Advent wreath. We've got the first candle lit here for the first Sunday of Advent. We're going to journey through Advent by going around the circle of a wreath and lighting another candle each week and recognizing the passage of time by the inches of candle wax burned. That requires patience. We're not in a rush. Take our time, be available to the Lord. Some intermediate exercises. Going to Mass one day during the week to encounter the Lord, to hear His Word, to receive Him in the Eucharist. Fasting for the season of Advent from a particular food or drink that we might uh, enjoy. Almsgiving, donating something that we will miss. Not just giving something away we don't need, but something that we could use, but someone else could use it more. And so I want to give it away so that it can be useful to somebody else. And if there's this kind of angst or kind of like, you know, missing inside of me, well, I want Jesus to minister to that whole, which can't be satisfied with things, but only by himself. And finally, some more difficult exercises we could do as we build up our spiritual muscles and grow in spiritual athleticism. Daily prayer and meditation carving out a period of time every day. Myself, personally, it's always better in the morning before the day gets started to pray, to ask, to meditate, which is to listen to the Lord. Next would be to practice a gratitude list every day based on the letters of the alphabet that we give thanks to God for something that we can consider in our life. Uh, like as an example, A for apples, B for bananas, a C for coffee, 
a D for coffee, F for coffee, but all these things that we are grateful for in our life. And I've been trying to do this in anticipation of Advent, and I can assure you that I don't always get down to the letter Z, but by the time I'm certainly more than halfway through the alphabet, uh, any self-pity, any, you know, kind of lack of gratitude is gone because I'm just being so aware of how blessed I have been by the Lord. And finally, silence, which again is not the absence of noise, it is the vocabulary of God. Just as we have Advent waiting, so we have this silence, which is a waiting with the Lord. And so I would suggest not listening to the radio in the car on the way to or from work every day or on transit. Just get creative. Get creative in how we can just turn things off and be quiet in order to hear the Lord. Let me just end this podcast by leading us in a prayer. It's called an Advent prayer for waiting and repenting of impatience. And it's written by Scotty Smith. I came across it as part of my research in preparation for this podcast for this first Sunday of Advent. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart. We pray, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in each of us the fire of your love. Dear Heavenly Father, the Advent, Advent theme of waiting confronts me in every context of life. Why am I in such a hurry? Why the rush? At just the right time, you sent Jesus. Not a day too early, not a day too late. But as for me, cars in front of me cannot move fast enough. FedEx, UPS, Amazon, and the mail can't get to my house quick enough. Restaurants can't bring food to my table soon enough. And Wi-Fi cannot be fast enough. Worse is how my impatience plays out in relationships. I finish people's sentences. I fidget instead of linger. I launch instead of listen. Instead of a non-anxious presence, I often give the impression, speak quick, because I am on the move. Father, I repent. Have mercy on my busyness. Cluttered in too much of a hurry self. According to you, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Not meeting deadlines, with time left over. People are forever. Stuff is for the ash heap. Father, thank you for not being in a hurry. Thank you for waiting to be gracious to us. Thank you for not being slow about your promises. Thank you for being patient with my impatience. I lament my busyness and repent of my hurriedness. Help me 
so that I might live and love at the pace of grace. I want to be the farmer who waits patiently for the harvest, the harvest guaranteed by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you now, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, my dear friends, remember, stay caffeinated, and that when we are powerless, that's when we are strong, and victory is indeed gained through surrender. God love you.